1: What you're about to hear is an interview that I did with the artist Wylin. Wylin is one of the highest paid, most successful living artists in the world. And I did this interview with him several years ago. We did it on video. So if you actually want to see the video version of this interview, go to ilovemarketing.com and we will have it up there. Uh, pay attention to a lot of the things that Wyland says about the business of art and really uh, what he does and how he does it. I think you'll find it fascinating. Very smart, very successful guy. So enjoy the interview. Thank you. And we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, not only your art, what started all of this, who you are, but your your business philosophies because you are arguably one of the. Uh...
0: This is business. I thought this was a hobby. Yeah. I got to well, go.
1: I want to hear about. It. I want to hear. Is is it a business or is it
0: a hobby? You know what. Uh, <clears throat> Kind of a lifestyle for mm-hmm. me, you know. It's uh, it's never really been a job. It's been more of a an, an adventure, and uh, of course, it is work. You got to work hard right. at your hobby. And uh, anyway, it's it's been uh, you know quite a journey now over thirty years on the green message and kind of uh, living the dream of being an artist in California. You know, when I grew up in Michigan, far away from the ocean, you know, I always felt that one day I would be in California with my art because obviously, look at my art. Right, it's right. more West Coast style but um, I got a great education. I went to a great art school. I only went two years because uh, you know, I couldn't take the winters in Michigan. But I uh, came to Laguna Beach here um, when I was 14. You know, we did a little road trip out here uh, with the family and uh, this is the very first place I came, which is Maine Beach. And uh, you know, I immersed myself in the ocean and when I came up out of the water for the first time, two gray whales actually uh, broke the surface, spouted, and fluked up right in front of me, pretty much changing my life forever. You know, I was an artist. How old were you at that time? Well, I was 14 years old and, um, you know, art is really, you know, the only thing I ever wanted to do, but I was inspired by uh, Jacques Cousteau. And uh, every Sunday he would have the undersea world of Jacques Cousteau and, uh, you know, he instilled in me a passion for the ocean and uh, the water planet. So, you know, those those memories are very strong and vivid and uh, you know, eventually I became a diver and I started uh, diving into the oceans and taking the beauty that I see and sharing it forward through my art, my paintings, sculptures, and eventually through uh, the giant murals, the Whaling Wild Project. Well,
1: well, I mean, um, what do you think most people perceive you to be when they hear of
0: the artist? Painter, sculptor. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> you know, it wasn't always like that, though. I was a starving artist, okay? And I'm still not rich. I'm rich in a great life. I mean, I. You know the most uninteresting thing to me is money I mean seriously, the most interesting thing is being creative to get out of bed and feel great passion for what you love to do. I like to create things out of nothing, you know whether it's a blank canvas, an ugly building, um, a piece of clay, turn that into a beautiful octopus or a big sculpture of a dolphin or a whale or shark um, you know i I'm an artist first and foremost, and uh, that's that's pretty much um, you know been my entire life and lifestyle and then to be able to share you know that gift with friends with family with over you know four hundred thousand collectors now in a hundred countries wow. is, is a wonderful thing but it, it, it didn't start out that way I was a classic starving ar- artist. Uh, when I came out here I was living on Snickers bars you know But I've cut them in threes, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And people don't believe that, but it's true. You really did that? Oh, absolutely. I lived in a little tiny studio in Huntington Beach. And uh, I think it was $100 a month. And um, and, and even that was tough. But ironically, I feel like I was an artist that was in the right place at the right time. And when the environmental movement started in the 70s, there I was. And, uh, you know, inspired by Jacques Cousteau and Greenpeace and and that whole green movement was just in its early stages and here I was an artist taking all that inspiration in and I decided early on that art could play an important role uh, in conservation, and uh, clean water, healthy oceans that art could move people to a higher consciousness and even um, action. Well, so I've been involved in that green movement for thirty years now.
1: You've, you've got the whaling Walls which uh, are viewed I guess by over a billion people every year. Uh, you've done now over a hundred of them?
0: Yeah, you know, after I did the first one, which, by the way, is on the side of this building, they were going to tear my original whaling wall down, so I bought the building here. I bought the whole block so they couldn't do it. Oh, that's And four inches of it was on their property on the Hotel Laguna, Uh so they painted over it. Wow. But the city allowed me to do a tile mural, uh, you know, a replica of the original wall. But... Yeah, unfortunately, we lost my first whaling wall, and it's really sad. But after I did that first one, I decided if I was serious about using public art to raise awareness and uh, inspire people to get involved, I, I would have to probably paint a hundred walls. So uh, when I was doing an interview like this mm-hmm. uh, for the LA Times, uh, Gordon Grant, uh, the writer, said, how many of these you know giant murals of whales are you going to paint? I go, I'm going to paint a hundred. And... Uh, I painted 100. It took me 27 years to do it, and last year I'm proud to say I painted the last one in Beijing for the Green Olympics as an official uh, cultural Olympic event for the Green Olympics and uh, invited kids from all the Olympic countries to join me in painting my last uh, whaling wall project, which we painted on canvas. Now, is it your last one or are you going to do more? Or that's it. That's the last whaling wall. Okay. Will I quit painting murals? No, but what I'm really focused on now is uh, creating a hundred sculptures monumental sculptures life-size and in some cases larger life sculptures of all the great whale species and other aquatic life and uh, pick 100 host cities. 100 cities will have one of my sculptures and so it'll be a global uh, uh, environmental sculpture uh, tour. So the largest art project in history. So. Wow first one was the whaling wall project. Now, you know, job security, but I think it's fun. And if you look around the gallery, you'll see some of my sculptures. So just imagine them, you know, the size and scale of, say, uh, the bird's nest or, you know, in Beijing or um, the cube. When I was in Beijing, I was absolutely inspired by some of the architecture that was created for the Olympics and some of the uh, other great things that are going on. So uh, my project really is going to be a 25-year project. That Create the largest um, environmental and uh, monumental art project in history. So why? Because I can. Yeah. Now I like to think big. You know, um, it doesn't cost any more to think as big as you possibly can, and there's not enough people today that to Think really big. That's an
1: that's an interesting statement. You so. got to
0: think big, man. You got to think. Go big. It, it it takes the same amount of energy to think big or think small. So it's up to you. I always felt that uh, bigger's better. Obviously, my subjects are big.
1: Yeah. Well, what, what, do you do you believe your skill was uh, your, it's a gift you're born with it or was it developed? I mean, maybe it, of course it's both. But I mean, in your your perspective, have you really worked hard to develop this, or have you just really you had this gift in you? Well,
0: it's it. both. For, first of all, it, it's a gift. You're either a pure artist or or you're not. But you can learn to paint. You can learn to be a good artist. To be a great artist, I personally believe it's a gift. And uh, when you have the gift uh... Some people don't even appreciate or use that. Yeah. So I always uh, appreciated the gift I was given. But I've been painting since I was four years old. I used to paint dinosaurs, Jurassic scenes, and um, nobody ever told me to stop. So I just kept going. Kids sometimes are discouraged. They're going, Ah, oh, you're not a very good artist. But. You know, I never was discouraged. I always had a tremendous amount of confidence. Right, right. And I, I did have a lot of support. I mean, I had an art teacher in first grade saw me kind of not paying attention in class and uh, sketching. And she told me to stay after class. And I thought, oh, I'm in trouble here. But she, uh, she said, your drawings are very good. And she was an artist herself. So we drew together for about an hour. And afterwards, she said, Weiland, you could be a great artist. I was in first grade. I believed the teacher, and now whenever I have a chance, I'll come off a wailing wall, painting a mural, and I'll see a group of kids, or even one kid, and I'll s- sketch with them, look at their drawings, and uh, encourage them.
1: So that totally resonates with you when you see kids and you just want to encourage well, them. Well, it-
0: I think it really told me how powerful that is for you to mentor a young person and... Uh, Try try to give them something. I call it sharing it forward. You know, Um, I've had my 15 minutes of fame. You know, I've been very successful. Now I feel a great responsibility to share what I know uh, with kids. Um, Not only the art, but the message. But the art is critical as well because you're going to see me on a campaign, a continuous campaign uh, to keep art in schools, particularly in America, because it may very well be an artist that creates the clean energy idea of this century. Um, you know, what kind of citizens are we going to develop if we take art and music and dance, you know, out of our schools? It's ridiculous. Uh, the greatest investment we can make is to ensure that the kids get everything they need to become, you know, well-rounded, good, good students, good citizens uh, for the planet, good thinkers. We're competing with the entire world. Okay? We have to keep art as one of the key components in our schools, in our curriculum. So you're going to see me fighting to keep art and science. And in fact, my ultimate goal is to bridge those two worlds. In nature, art and science come together. Beautifully.
1: Well, you, you know, you're more than just an artist from my perspective. I mean, you're, you're a very incredible entrepreneur, and I'd love to hear your definition of what your thoughts. Well, I are had
0: about. to be. I had to be an entrepreneur, and I had to build a brand. I didn't even know it was called a brand, mm-hmm. but I knew uh, instinctively that uh, people were not going to do it for you. You basically, you know, I would sell my art to galleries, and they would sell them on, and then I'd go back, and uh, they'd say, "Well, we had a lot of bills, so the artist doesn't get paid." And I said, "Well." Maybe I should open a gallery, so 31 years ago I opened the first little studio gallery out in the canyon and uh, it really taught me how to not only uh, present my art, frame it, market it, but also how to talk to people about my art. And the very first collectors that I've had um, still collect my art today. It was a lot cheaper back then. But I decided right then and there that uh, you had to be more than an artist. You know, the idea of the bohemian starving artist, it didn't look like much fun. I mean, look at Van Gogh, a guy lost a piece of his ear. And I thought, you know what, I'm not that kind of personality. I love people, and I love taking my art and seeing it move people. So, uh, you know, all those elements kind of came together in a great way, but I realized that I had to um, communicate with people and, uh, you know, um, basically just build my own brand from scratch. There was nothing like it. You know, the art that I create is a new art form. You know, the art of the past was marine art, which really is man's conquest of the sea. Mine is man's appreciation of the sea and what we need to protect. It's called, I call it marine life art. And it's really captured the imagination of the entire world. It's global now. And I'm really excited about that. So with that success... uh, It's really allowed me to do more with my non profit. So those things go hand in hand. There's a real balance going on here. There's two great things happening. But it's a new paradigm for artists. It's the greatest time in history to be an artist because why? People are interested in art. And apparently art is a better investment than the stock market. Woo, there you go. All right, we got that one right. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, art is cool, it's hip. So be a collector. If you're watching this. Go buy a piece of art. Well, do do you have a
1: distinction between good art and bad art? I mean, how would you define art? When you say art needs to stay in
0: school, what does art mean? Art. Art is what is inside of you and how you perceive the world. And and in my case, it's the natural world. Um, You know, I'm an appreciator of a lot of different styles of art. In fact, I never used to like, you know, the abstract stuff. I would go to, like, MoMA the Museum of Modern Art, and I'd go, that's crap. You know, you've done it. You walk in there, it looks like the guy spilled paint on the the ground, you know, and uh, it's Jackson Pollock. And I'm going, I don't get that. But after you kind of live a little longer, you kind of, and you go back and you look at it again, you go, that's pretty good. That's got some rhythm and there's some color theory. And so, you know, your art evolves, you know, in the beginning, you know, your tastes are a certain way. And then as you... Kind of travel around the world. Like I was just in Beijing, and mm-hmm. and the art scene there is emerging and really dynamic. And and, and it inspired me. In fact, so much so that uh, the official artist for China uh, for for the Olympics uh, and I uh, really painted together for two weeks. And uh, I was the official U.S. Olympic artist. So we got to paint. You know, th- his style of a traditional Chinese brush. And of course, mine isn't perfect. But he thought it was pretty good. And now I'm like possessed with it. So as I travel, as I take in other art forms and then I kind of, you know, spit it out there, you know, the Wyland way, um, it's exciting. keeps it exciting, keeps it fresh. And um, I know one thing for sure, people walk into a Wyland gallery and they go, yeah, how could one guy create all this art? Well, I'll tell you how. I don't have a job. And by the way, I don't want one either. This is all I do. I get up every day and I create art. It's a good gig. Would you, could you
1: ever see yourself not doing it?
0: No. No, it'd be impossible not to do this. In fact, the reason I'm doing the Jackson Pollock and the abstracts, not only because I think it's a great challenge and fun, is when when my hands start shaking, I can still do abstracts. In fact, they'll probably even be better. So anyway, I'm kind of predicting, and I'm getting a little looser. So that's what artists do. I mean, they start out tight, and then you just don't care. You're like, hey, I'm having fun here. So... And then you probably go back and get tight again. So, anyway, it, it really is uh... probably the ultimate career on the planet is being an artist. I mean, what is an artist? I mean, really. And you get away with a lot more. Like I work with a lot of <laughs> great scientists, right? They have to follow rules. Artists, there not are so no much. rules. There's no rules in being an artist. And and the business side of art, it's wide open. But the one thing you got to have is you got to have work ethic, and you you, you have to have integrity. You have to be honest. And that's, that's what owning a, a gallery uh, has enabled me to do is to promote my art the right way, to frame it, to sell it, to get to know the customers and collectors and uh, do it on my terms. And uh, not too many artists have that, that opportunity. That's what success gives you, the opportunity to do it your way, as Frank said.
1: Well, so you you have um, the side of you that's the artist that creates, and you have this business side of you that actually monetizes the art. Right. What's the difference between while in the artist
0: while in the businessman? Well, I'm kind of a hybrid. You're either a, the artist, you know, like in the corner, you know, kind of timid, or uh-huh. not me. I'm not timid. I'm kind of Mark Victor Hansen style. I'm out there. In so your you're like ABD, like Mark. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I I have a lot of different. Um, like Kobe Bryant, I have a lot of different ways of getting getting to the hoop, right which getting to the hoop to me is is uh, getting my art into collections, um, talking to people about the art but but equally important, the message of the art the message that uh, in this century uh, we need an environmental renaissance we We need a sea change you know in the way that we 've been treating our our planet so um I'm sure when I started out, everybody went, wow, he's painting whales, the guy's going to starve to death, you know. But that didn't matter to me. What I felt that my subject matter meant something to my soul. And I felt that if the whales couldn't have a voice, I would be the voice for them through my art. And uh, darn if it didn't resonate, not only in Southern California, but now globally that message is is now global and uh, it's it's not going away there's an environmental renaissance happening right now and it's uh, no longer just a little trend i mean it's it's uh, it's in corporations it's it's uh, in families and kids and i'm sitting on position to actually make a difference to really do some high level things take a look at the natural world get out of the computer for a couple of minutes and go outside and realize what we have and, and how Important it is to protect it not only for us, uh, not only for the whales, but for our kids for future generations. You know, one thing I want to make a distinction of because a
1: lot of people, you know, be it musicians, be it artists, whatever, they think when someone starts making money that they've sold out. Yeah. And what it appears is that in the process of you making money, you've been able to accomplish incredible things that not having that money you've, you would have never been able to accomplish. So, have you yeah. gotten Better as a result of becoming financially successful? Are you about the same? I mean,
0: what's your perspective? Well, on that? I I just think that being successful gives you a lot more opportunities. Like I had the opportunity to headline the largest uh, international art show in the world, the International Art Expo in New York mm-hmm. at Jacob Javits. They asked me to headline this year and try to inspire artists to think green, to go green, to use green materials, uh, you know, water-based paints instead of oils, uh, printing materials. I'm now printing on bamboo which is very sustainable so what I do is I'm educating myself and then I'm sharing it forward with artists and with people around the world I also am asked continuously to talk to art students when I lecture or whether I give a commencement speech about the business of art now it was really taboo when I went to college they said Weiland you're a fine artist don't worry about the business Mm -hmm. that doesn't make one bit of sense I mean, if you don't want to do the business, that's fine. Hire you know, a business manager, whatever, but at least understand all aspects of the job, the career of being an artist in the 21st century. Yeah. In fact, Mark Victor Hansen, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, and I uh, just wrote a book called Don't Be a Starving Artist. And oh, we want right. to give it to all the artists for free. So hopefully at some point, you'll be able to download it. If, if not, you know, I want to help artists be successful because I want artists to be happy. You know... Um, They should be happy. You should be happy that you were blessed with some talent, uh, that that you can you know create something out of nothing. I mean, being an artist is uh, it's a wonderful thing.
1: Well, um, you are arguably one of the greatest marketers of art alive today. I don't know if you consider yourself that, but definitely. I've
0: heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. I've got some marketing skills because uh, you know I basically just learned as I went. I said, well, this works and this doesn't work. What,
1: what is marketing art from your perspective? I mean, what do you consider yourself a marketer? Do you think not really?
0: You know, sales and marketing, uh, not really. I am of the belief that if you create a great product, that people will come. But that may not be enough. You may have to uh, do more. You may have to market it. So, you know, I think marketing alone and sales alone is not enough, and especially during. Uh, you know during a recession like this if you look half the galleries probably closed in the US right now and around the world um half the artists are having to get real jobs um, the strong brands uh, cause related brands like you know the Wyland brands are, are there they, they will be there they, they will weather the storm because spent 30 years doing good things not only creating the art Forwarding the message of conservation, and then also giving back—you know, the charity part. You know, we donate to over 100 conservation groups a year, and individuals. We give Wyland scholarships to kids. Uh, I've personally painted with over a million kids in the last 30 years, and that, to me, is my highest accomplishments. Uh, being able to, my team and I. Um, set up canvases uh, at science museums in schools actually visit schools in all 50 states in america and and paint with kids and and let them know that it's it's great to be an artist follow your dream
1: gotcha what well, what what strengths and qualities uh, do you think are just absolutely essential for someone to be successful as an artist the biggest
0: one you're gonna think this is ridiculous be a nice person Every time I talk to kids, I go, be genuine, be a nice person, be nice to your parents, be nice to your teachers, be nice. I've tried to be nice to people for 30 years, and these people remember. They go, you you were nice to me when you were a starving artist at the art festival here in Laguna, and I remember that. And I told you I didn't have any money, but one day I'm going to come and buy one of your sculptures, your tables, and, and people remember that. So I always say, you know, be nice and, um, you know, give something back, you know, when I moved to Hawaii, that was the big thing that the Hawaiians always seem to talk about giving something back, and and in, in the giving, it really comes back at you, as you know, it's the law of karma.
1: If you if you had to give someone like pieces of advice on just starting out, they're starving artists. They admire you, they look up to you. I mean, what what would you tell them? Obviously, be nice. It does sound simple, be but it's nice huge. Be nice is
0: real simple. Um, And and follow your dream. Never ever give up. If you're doing what you love to do in life, whether you want to be an artist, a scientist, a writer, a filmmaker, um, you've reached the pinnacle of success. Because if that's your dream, I want to be a writer, an artist, um, a teacher. a great honorable career, by the way. In fact, I think they should pay the lawyers what they pay to the teachers, and pay to teachers what they pay lawyers. Oh, that would be then awesome! And you get rid of ninety percent of the lawyers, and you have great, well-paid teachers. That would be fantastic. That's my philosophy. <laughs> but anyway, I just think if if you want to do something and it's burning inside you, America, you know, you're born in the greatest country in the world because it, it allows you that that freedom and that opportunity to do that. Of course, they want to tax the holy heck out of you. Hey, pay your taxes, just make more money, give more, and it all seems to work out in the end. But if you're loving what you're doing, um, you've reached the pinnacle of success in, in life. That's what life is. And for me to tell these kids and these college kids that are all worried, to coming out of college in a recession, I say, look, you're already ahead of me. I didn't graduate. I only went two years. I got an honorary doctorate's degree, three of them. But um, hey, you guys big? are ahead of me. All you got to do is work hard and, and just keep following your goal. Well, uh, one name, Wyland. I mean, what is this with artists with one name? Well, I always liked uh, my family name. Uh-huh. So even even in, in high school, on my jock jacket, it said Wyland. So I always liked Wyland And uh, I always like to take negative things and make them positive. So where I'm from, calling you by your last name was derogatory, but I liked it. I wanted to make my name a name of respect. So anyway, you got Sting and you got... Uh, you know, Cher and all the Madonna and and uh, Barney, uh, you know. Yeah. One of the great and the artist formerly known as whatever he is. Yeah, no, just Wyland is good. Less is more. Does that help you meet women? Just the one name uh, is right. it better. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, when I was in uh, in in France, you know, the, the artists cannot understand why I, you know, would paint whales because the biggest thing in the world is artists, you get to paint beautiful models and you know, wonderful-looking women, and I go, yeah, I do paint women, but they're 40 tons, and they live out there in the ocean. So anyway, they laughed at that. They thought it was fun. But, you know, I'm, what, 52 now. So Uh that's young for an artist. Right now I'm doing my 21st book of my art, and, you know, most artists that have a book are dead. I didn't like that. That whole starving artist, bohemian, you know, no success, you got to suffer for your art that whole thing stinks so I think in the 21st century we need to do a 180 you know paradigm shift and and I'm willing to take the bullets with these art critics you know they haven't really harassed me in a long time but they say "Eh, well it's commercial right now I think they think I'm pretty good and this is all good who cares if you paint for the critics that's the biggest mistake you're gonna have paint for you paint for your soul fill yourself up and uh, if it sells Geez, that's good. You know, I think they always got it backwards. They said, oh, I'm a fine artist. Never sold a painting in your whole life. Right. People hate it. It's junk. But the art critics love this stuff. Oh, he's a fine artist. He's living in some shack down there. And, you know, <laughs> um, No, that's ridiculous. I think a fine artist is some, an artist that people love, appreciate, and, and collect. That's a fine artist. Who, who wrote the book on this fine art thing? I don't get it. Right. The commercial, uh, you know, you're commercial because you sold some art. You know, they always said that uh, Norman Rockwell was commercial and now Leroy Neiman and Peter Max. and all. These guys are fine artists, uh, Robert Bateman, you know. Well, um, they're
1: also people that influenced the world tremendously and have built a, a huge
0: uh, base. Absolutely. They've been very successful. Um, but I think most artists don't really achieve any success till they're dead yeah and that's dumb you should actually uh, get all the success when you're like in in elementary school yeah. and you know the perks now I mean now they want to give you everything when you're an established artist I think they should give it to you when you're a starving artist see it's the whole thing's backwards because yeah. now you really don't need anything your career is kinda taken off and um, I, I just I, I love the idea that I can make a difference uh, in, in In people's lives, particularly young people and and that that to me is the value of of, of my life that um, that is so fulfilling to know that I can um, go anywhere in the world, take out a paintbrush and stretch a canvas and and bring kids from all over the country to come together and paint a vision of whatever the theme is yeah uh, the one we're doing now um, is with the national forestry and 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 uh, NOAA. So uh, those two organizations, because of the Wyoming Foundation, are working together. It's the forest to the sea. And uh, we're going to paint that vision with schools all over the nation. We're going to kick it off on, on Thursday, um, you know, in Washington, D.C., at the National Mall. Anyway, it's exciting. Um, I guess at the end of the day, if you're just doing it for the money, I don't, I don't think that's, that's what it's about. But the money's okay. I'm going to tell you well, this. Well, you're, you're a capitalist. What'd oh, you absolutely. This is America. And, you know, um, it's okay to be successful and make money and drive, drive nice cars. I do. I drive good motorcycles. And uh, I think it's the American way. And I, I, I'm a big-time capitalist. I think the more successful you are, the more you can give it back. By the end, uh, we're going to give it all back anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You so, know, I have a good friend named Dan Sullivan that uh, founded this company called Strategic Coach, and he said, you know, he says the, uh, the only problem with capitalism, it was named by its enemies, and that capitalism in its purest form is this collaboration between mm, other people, and yeah. you talked about integrity, you talked sure. about creating value, sure. getting paid for it, I mean, that there'd be no innovations, there'd be no improvements in anything if it wasn't for people like that, and so in the art world, I think you have a massive amount of influence, so yeah. for for artists that are that are out there, and they're, they're struggling, and, and they're, they're challenged. I mean, so many of them that I meet, they have this aversion mm-hmm. to making money. Right. And, I mean, how do you how do you shift that? I mean, what could you say to them? Because, really, you're in a position to really influence that type of thing. Well,
0: I think being a good artist is not enough. I think you've got to be a good human being. Mm-hmm. I really do, I think, today. Also, I think uh, you got to have a cause element. Just because you're a great artist, you can't be a great artist in a complete, you know, what. Right, you could, jackass or whatever. Yeah, and I've seen it. You know, the the worst enemy, you know, is the artist himself. If if you're not really, you know, communicating and and being a, you know, I guess a good individual. I mean, I really think that that's been something that has got me through the peaks and valleys of the recessions. I've seen these before. You know, it's uh, and then it always seems the harder you work the the more good things happen to you. You know, I called Spencer Johnson who wrote uh, Who Moved My Cheese? He just wrote Peaks and Valleys, the new book, one of the most successful authors of all times. I said, did you read this book, uh, The Secret? Because I thought it was amazing. And he goes, "Weiland, come on. He goes, you and I have been living The Secret for 25-30 years. We put great things out in the universe and we we kind of will them to happen and sure enough, that's what comes back to you. So always put out good vibes, put out big dreams, think big and set, set your goals and go after it and, and those things come and it's, it's really ironic because even in the beginning when I was you know, having trouble paying a rent or whatever, uh, sure enough at the last second when something was due, car payment, whatever, somebody would commission a painting or a mural. So, so you
1: just you just you, you, you consider will. yourself
0: a lucky guy, or I'm lucky, and I uh, work really hard at my luck. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have a lot of people that that work for me, and I take care of my family a lot too. They take care of me, so we have this symbiotic relationship. So, um, but they realize that you know I'm out there in front, and they're like cheering me on, just keep going with it. You know, because of created this tidal wave of uh, of art, but. Uh, Tidal wave of goodwill, and as you're creating good things in the universe, other good things are coming to you. So, anyway, if you're creating bad things, I'm sure you're just going to get avalanched. You know, you're gonna you're gonna fall off the, the lip and uh, you know hit the reef.
1: Well, well, you're, you're 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 a totally prolific guy. I mean, obviously, books, art, photography, everything you do, the 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 the, the whaling walls. Um, how many pieces of
0: art do you even know that you've created? Well, mine's like a batting average. <laughs> i kind of like consider it a batting average. I try to do like my average around 350, 400 originals, major pieces of art a year. Wow. You know, but think about it. I really don't do anything else. Although the foundation, the Wyland Foundation takes about half of my time. But it's, it's the balance of, I think it's a balance. I think if you just stayed in the studio and created art all day, you might go a little crazy. So the, the balance is to, to have something else to do, which is, create wonderful art, and then go out and share it, and get, get kids involved. How do you manage your time between all this? Well, what I try to do is not manage it. I try not to manage my time. I like to be kind of free-flowing and go with the flow, okay? Like today, we were going to go on the Goodyear Blimp, okay? Right. And unfortunately, the wind was blowing. But I had just painted the largest Earth portrait uh, in history, a giant three-story mural portrait of, of the planet Earth on top of the largest mural in history in Long Beach that I painted 17 years ago so uh, I had seen uh, the finished mural of course that I painted on Earth Day on CNN but I was going to get a chance today to go up and see it from the blimp and photograph it, and uh, so that didn't happen and that's why we're here doing this interview but anyway what the heck was my point there my point was um, for Earth Day uh, I wanted to do something really um, artsy and kind of cool and hip so I decided that in a 24-hour marathon I would paint a portrait of the planet Earth in deep black space and uh, I did it was it looked impossible when I got up on the roof I couldn't see one end to the other it was so big but anyway the way that it turned out uh, it was awesome and there was at one point on Earth day there was 11 helicopters kind of you know swarming around it looked like a pop apocalypse now, you know, shooting this, and then it was going around the world, the idea that an artist could paint the largest earth, you know, the only thing larger was the earth itself, but we painted (laughs) this thing, a a volunteer effort, in 24 hours, and um, required, I don't know, 4,000 gallons of paint. Man.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that's that's fascinating to me. So, do you see it, the finished product, uh, in your mind, or do you create it as you go along?
0: Well, the funny thing is I've never really done one like that. So what I did is here I am, if you can imagine, I'm standing on top of the earth and we have footage of this, so so I'm standing there Just
1: in case someone wants a question that this absolutely.
0: So I'm standing there and I have to imagine in my mind the earth that I'm about to paint on this roof from space. I'm not looking at any pictures, nothing. So what I do is I imagine North America. South America and then of course the enormous water planet all the blue. And um I just painted the entire thing from my mind's eye and then I started to second guess, well, you know, is is this going to be right are the Great Lakes here or you know, is Alaska up there or uh but when I watched CNN that night, it was the first time I got to see it from, you wow. know, above and uh it was perfect, absolutely perfect. So trust your instincts.
1: Do you, do you ever? I mean, do you ever find yourself saying, "I screwed this up"? Oh, I'm going to scrap this. I made a mistake.
0: I well, the mean, thing is, if it was my you know wall or roof, then then I probably would have did grids and really took my time. I mean, 24. Hours. But it's not mine, so what do I care? I go in very <laughs> loose. You know, that's the thing with these walls too. I always say, you know, but they
1: I, come out so awesome. Oh, I yeah, mean, well, it seems like you
0: don't screw up. Well, yeah, not that you can see. I always say I practice on other people's walls. Right. Yeah. But I, you know, I know this is a kind of a business and entrepreneur thing, and uh, you really, you know, art and business really don't go together, but they should. Because the whole world is art. I mean, look at cities uh, around the world are basically judged on the art that they have, right? Uh Only in America is art kind of a second-class citizen. Try to get alone as an artist. Forget it. I always tell them I'm a publisher, which is true, too. But uh, the art thing needs to, uh, to come up. And uh, I'm going to really be working hard with my you know, professional artist friends and, and uh, people in the industry to, to bring art into the schools and, and bring up the appreciation of art in America. Because it is appreciated. If you go anywhere else in the world, you know, artists are worshipped. Well, you're, you're, you're doing a lot of things to influence and help a lot of people.
1: So as it relates to business people, I mean, what sort of things would you recommend that they learn? I mean, did you just develop these business skills or did you have mentors? I mean, what did you What do you do well, to educate yourself?
0: Yeah, well, I just developed my own strategy on, on uh, you know, selling and marketing my art. And then I started out having one little studio gallery, and then eventually we opened probably thirty thirty or so you know galleries around the country in strategic places and now what i 've done is i 've decided that I want to pass uh ownership on to the managers and friends so they could open Wyland galleries you know because it is a good gig it 's a great lifestyle they have art that you love and then be able to sell it right to your friends and family and and collectors i mean it 's a great business so uh, right now, I'm looking globally at taking my brand into China, so while in China, and sell it kind of like Coca Cola.
1: License it? Or? Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. I'm into licensing big well, time. Can
1: you talk just even a couple minutes on licensing? Sure. Branding
0: and licensing, uh, they go hand in hand. But licensing, I mean, you know, I thought I was doing really good in licensing, you know. And then I heard that SpongeBob did $1. Uh, $1. $1.4 billion last year. $1.4 I went, whoa, a spongebob and then disney did 265 billion right okay now that's some serious license so did that annoy you or just inspire no you? no and, and this is the <laughs> thing if you're an artist don't get mad get even no if, if an artist does good kiss the ground he walks on and go thank god that means it's possible uh-huh. i mean i've sold originals for over two hundred thousand mm-hmm. for a living artist impossible um I've sold a watercolor here for $97,000, a watercolor for a living artist, I don't know any living artist that ever did that in history. So if an artist, don't be a hater, be a lover, go, my God, a living artist sold a painting for that much money, cool, that means it's possible, right? Yes. So how does someone learn how to do that if they don't know? I and mean, here you are
1: doing it, you're doing it, but if you you know
0: I don't think you, it happens overnight, I think no, what's, what's happened is I've developed a a, a really good following and uh, people have been following my career for thirty years now and uh, a lot of people realize that art is a good good way to go it's a good investment I don't sell it as an investment, I sell it as an investment into your life. Art enriches your life. People that have my art they're not buying it saying. Oh, God, when he kicks off, you know, this stuff's going to be worth a fortune. No, they, they love the art, and that's, that's how I try to present it.
1: Art. So, so what do you collect?
0: What are you into? I'm well, into... I don't even have to anymore. I could trade with anybody. <laughs> I mean, geez, you know, virtually anybody in the world will trade with me. But I, uh, I have a Robert Wood. And it's really ironic because when I was a kid growing up in Michigan, my mom had this cheap Kmart painting. Remember those kind you buy at Kmart over the couch and they got the frame on it, same thing? Robert Wood, the seascape artist from Laguna. So I'm growing up in Michigan, here's the painting. Well about fifteen years ago I'm walking down the street here in Laguna where I live, and I go into a gallery and I look and there's that painting, but it's the original. Oh wow. So I went, oh. So you got it? Oh yeah, of course. So So now I hang that in my house in Florida and and I love telling people that story. When I was a kid, my mom paid fifteen dollars for that painting. Uh, wow. I paid more. I uh, Robert Wood's dead. he's not making it anymore, mm-hmm. but he was one of the great uh, seascape painters. Also, Robert Wood uh, did how to paint Seascapes with Walter Foster books. Well, they're now doing Wyland books, How to paint Marine life it's amazing how things come full circle, and if you're watching this. Your turn's next.
1: Yeah, well, you know, and it goes to, to, with what you said about being nice to people because it's like one of my favorite quotes. I don't even know who originated. Is, be no. nice to the people you meet on the web because they're going to. You be may the see same. them
0: on the way down. Yeah, so, exactly. That's so certainly true. And you've seen people like that that are mm-hmm. just mean spirited in that, and then you don't hear about them anymore. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, the mean, you know, the mean ones, they they kind of push their way in there. But I think uh, the ter- tortoise and the hare. You know, I'm a big tortoise guy. Right. I think the tortoise just building your brand and having a huge foundation my my team was just in Vegas at the licensing show and what they realized is people used to try to invent brands you know like facades mm-hmm. this is this is a real brand this How would is a brand that's it? built on on actually accomplishing important things in the world yeah. um, disney has accomplished great things in the world but everybody thinks that well you know i can do a mouse and some uh, imitations don't work yeah. Be original first. it's a
1: real substance to it, yeah, get
0: some substance to it, live it, you know dream it, and then share it but um my foundation and and my brand is built on accomplishing super high goals uh, in the areas of, of the environment, protecting the environment.
1: Well, yeah, what's interesting is, is, is your, your belief in sustaining things, and even in your bathroom here, which I think is kind of funny, there's a little sign that says keep it nicer than it was before you showed up. And that's kind of your philosophy, where you, you, you yeah. want things to be left in a better place than they were before you showed up. You know, the ocean, everything.
0: Well, you know, and I, nobody's perfect either, but you don't have to be perfect. All you have to do is do a little better. Mm-hmm. okay so if everybody does a little better and and what's ironic is uh, if everybody does a little bit you can make a world of difference you know in the in the in the last century it was all about like Jacques Cousteau he he went out himself and did things now it's about partnerships uh, so we're partnered with the Scripps Institute of Oceanography they do the greatest science you know on oceans and water and then we bring the art So when two groups come together in that mastermind theory, you can accomplish big things. When a lot of groups and individuals come together, you know, they can change the world. Absolutely. And I'm here to help change the world uh, just in my little part, my little art part that I know. And, you know, writers, uh, you know, people say, you know, do what you know. Um, I've always known the art thing. You know, it's instinctive to me. But the greatest reward that you can have yeah. is when you share it with somebody and they appreciate it. The little lights come on, especially in those young eyes and minds. It's a great thing.
1: Well, okay, so let's talk about your foundation and people that are watching this and they would want
0: to get involved. They want to find more information. Key word, about. They get want... involved. Get involved how, in how do they any do that? foundation that you feel strongly about. Mine is the Weiland Foundation. We celebrate our 16 years uh, this year. And in those 16 years, we've developed art and science programs that are unparalleled, that, that regard every drop of water on the planet. And using the art component, you know, you can go further. Art can go deeper. So, but using art and science together, it's, it's it's super powerful. Usually there's a curriculum on science or art. We combine both creatively. And we use some of the greatest scientists on the planet, Dr. Sylvia Earle, for instance, is on the Wyland Foundation Board, and Bob Ballard, who discovered Titanic. And then, uh, you know, our creative team, uh, we really don't follow any rules. We're here to break down all the barriers and all the rules and just say that uh, what we're providing is unique in, in the world of education.
1: Out of all the books you've, you've written, is there anything you'd recommend where to start
0: for anyone that wants more information about you? I mean, what's the. Yeah, I say go to Wyland.com, W Y LAND, get it? Y land mm-hmm. Anyway, go to Wyland.com, you can see all my books there. There's one called Hold Your Water kind of an unusual title, and it gives you 67 things to do to keep the planet blue, the ocean blue. And in the back, you can total little things you can do uh, to protect the quality of water. And by protecting water, by protecting the energy and shutting off the lights and the water when you're brushing your teeth, you're actually saving money too. So kids, you're doing your family a favor. You're, You're doing good things in this economy. So, um, you're going to see the green revolution really take hold with Obama and uh... if you're not green in this century you're gone so i'm going to give you a heads up go green
1: well yeah if anyone has a perspective on that it would be you now uh... at, at your foundation meeting that I first met you at, I met
0: Jane Seymour
1: there, she, right. you're collaborating Miss with Miss Jane, her. sure. Yes, and she's a very nice lady. Jane
0: is awesome, she's an up-and-coming artist, emerging artist, she's also an official U.S. Olympic artist, like I am supporting our U.S. Olympic team through the arts, and uh, she's she's super cool, she cares about water. She's one of those givers, too. You know, Jane doesn't have to do any more than she already does, but she's, she's a, a real genuine uh, person. That that cares about uh, certain issues, yeah. you know, and she has a, she has her open hearts. All right, Jane. Anyway, what's cool is if all the people, all the good people on the planet unite, we we can have a, a, not only um, a great society, great kids, but we can have a clean, healthy ocean and environment, and and clean lakes, rivers, streams, ponds, wetlands. We have a beautiful, pristine environment. The health Of the ocean and clean water is tied not only to fish but to our health. Okay, that's a health issue that we need to get in front of, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. Plus, water has played the most important role of all in my life. I'm a water sign, you know. And when I'm immersed in water, I'm reborn. I feel I'm Aquarius, by the way. Just so you know. All right, so all the water signs out there, but water is so critical, and it's important to get in front of issues, not. Oh, by the way, you know we don't have any more water to drink. So uh, I believe the investment that I've made with my Wyland Foundation is the most important investment of all, and that's educating and inspiring kids to to get involved today in issues that they strongly believe in. And art is the gateway to all that creativity and all that soul, because if people see the beauty in nature, they'll work to preserve it. And art is a great way to uh, present that. That's awesome. Well. I want to wrap up here. I want to just give you
1: an opportunity for famous last words. We'll do that. One 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 last question. Famous excuse. Last then famous words, last okay. word. I'll give you I'll give you a chance to maybe think about it. Right. Um, when you get discouraged, when you get overwhelmed, when anyone that's watching this is like gets derailed. I mean, what recommendations would you have because you're, you know, you have a lot of insight on a lot of things uh, and you deal a lot with the creative mind. I mean, the mind can Invent and, and, and develop so many enormous things, and it could also be a, a huge form of self-destruction for someone too. And I've seen a lot of artists go off the deep end. yeah um, What recommendations or, or things you could you share with, with people?
0: I always way? say, uh, go back to your core, Go back to the things that, that give you joy, and go back there often. I mean, the thing that gives me joy I'm a diver. I like being immersed in water, okay? If I can't get in the ocean, I'm in my bathtub up there. I don't care. There's something about water that reinvigorates your soul. And so, uh, you know, and then getting close to animals. You know, the native people would tell me, uh, if you're eye to eye with a bald eagle, that's the highest level of consciousness. Well, for me, being in the sea, swimming eye to eye with a humpback whale, I mean it's unbelievable. Why whales? Why whales? Well the whale has been iconic to me ever since Cousteau and then eventually as I started diving and I started getting close to whales on their terms I realized that the whales don't have a voice so maybe I could be the voice for for great whales and and other life animals and I've expanded not only from whales to other aquatic animals but freshwater habitats and now land animals realizing that the forest the land, the air, to see it's all connected. If we're going to protect the ocean, we need to protect it all.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, famous last words then.
0: Famous last words. This is a good Wyland one. <laughs> There's two types of people. There's anchors and motors. Lose the anchors, get with the motors. That's awesome. And let's get the job done. It's a race to save the planet. The motors are going to lead the way
1: awesome well look you're doing a lot of great things i really appreciate you taking the time to do this interview it's going to be viewed by lots of people and uh so i, I appreciate it keep up all right the good well work. thanks
0: for coming to my crib now get out of here i got to get back to work <laughs> thanks a lot everybody good job see you in laguna thanks right, appreciate it all right have fun guys